Testing. <laughs> Testing. Yep, we're good to go. Testing. All right, three, two, one. Good morning and welcome, everybody. <laughs> You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. <laughs> this is the breakfast show, positively different radio in the morning, and you are with Lyle and Lawson, <laughs> and who is Lawson. laughing his head off. <laughs> <laughs> so this is our second attempt. This is the delayed broadcast. So we do pre-record the delayed broadcast, and we did just try a moment ago, and it went terribly wrong. And Lawson hasn't been able to stop laughing ever since. It's dude, I'm dying over here, but it's it's the okay. best. We're, we're glad to see that you. I'm have so it. glad that I'm here. It just fills me with so much joy that I'm nearly dying from it. It's like, this is the best. I love being here. It's awesome. Okay, so coming up in today's show, we have some amazing stories to share with you, but before we do, mm-hmm. Lawson, why don't you remind everybody how they're supposed to be listening to the radio? Oh, 100%. So, you're listening to a delayed broadcast, which is great. You're listening to us, but we would this love- This is B-grade. We'd love for you to listen to a live broadcast. And you can you, you can get into that a few different ways. You can go to faithfm.com.au and press a little play button that's there, and bam, you've got radio. You yep. can go to the TuneIn app. Do it on your phone. You know, start that thing up, go to Faith FM, play- Bam, radio, or the third option, which, you know, Lyle isn't super pumped or hyped about, but I, I believe in traditional radio. You can go and call up Faith FM. You can give us a call, 1-800-324-843, and you can just hassle us until we give you a signal, like a, a signal tower that gives you the live broadcast. And if you would like to do those things... You can. We, we love you. Maybe you'd like to make a donation to your local station, your local transmitter, so that you can have the live show happening right there. That would be appreciated too. Bam. Bam. Anyway, awesome. Coming up in today's show, we have uh, some uh, amazing information, as we always do. I'm going to be talking about Franklin Graham. Mm-hmm. Very controversial individual. Very controversial for being uh, kind of basic Christianity, really. But uh, we're going to look at some of the reasons why and how he nearly got banned from England and the fact he's coming to Australia. So stay tuned for that section. You do not want to miss that. We also have a most... An, just an outstanding interview with a teacher by the name of Rob Panacook. Now, Rob taught for three years in the public school system as a scripture teacher. Once again, a controversial subject in the educational system here in Australia right now. And some of the things that he's going to share with you, this was one that, you know, I totally did not expect it to go the way that it went, this interview. Um, you will be blown away by the testimonies and the stories that he is able to share. So stay tuned, guys, and we'll be back right after this song. Yes.
Jaden Levick with Come Down Fountain of Every Blessing. Lawson, kick us off. But look, we've got some pretty good news today. Share it with us, Lawson. We've got some good Let us stuff. Know. So what we, are we going to talk we about? We talked yesterday. We talked with, um, was it Alan? Alan? Um, the, 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 about the polar vortex. Oh, uh, Ron. Ron. Ron, yes. man. Ron. Alan, where did I get that from? It was Ron well, Evans. This is like this. Ron Evans. Ron Evans is my father-in-law. <laughs> yes. Alan is my father. Okay, yeah. He's got okay. the two fathers Yeah, I got him mixed front. up. <laughs> but anyways, talking with Ron Evans yesterday, he's in Wisconsin, which is part of this polar vortex where they're seeing just record um, cold. Um, you know, the coldest temperatures they've ever seen. I saw yesterday on a news report, like one of the, one of the cities hit like 63 below Fahrenheit. Like, yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That is like, insanely that is, cold that is, temperatures. This is like some day. Eight, eight people died so far. Day after tomorrow stuff, like end of the world, like cold. Like that is just crazy. Yeah, it's interesting to, um, to talk to my father-in-law because it's not the first time they've hit these kind of temperatures up there. Mm. And, um, you know, all the things that break and crack and all of the little pieces of plastic that fall off your car and mm-hmm. steering wheels crack and, and vinyl seats break, shatter and... and Man, that's um, just wild. Batteries, <laughs> you know, batteries which are full of acid, you know, just about turn solid. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, if you don't have... Your, as, as you said, if you don't have your car plugged into a, a, an electrical source with, you know, heaters in the Welsh plugs and heaters in the... In the um, in, in the uh, radiator hoses and this kind mm. of thing, little elements to keep it warm. It's just you're never going to get it started, and, and, yeah. and even the antifreeze just turns to jello. Man, that's just it's just ridiculous. But like, they're a hardy lot up there. I mean, he yeah. was, he's like you know, he's getting up there these days. You know, in his seventies and, and driving around town on a day like that. Said the streets were pretty empty, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just, just, drop in. just, like, just yeah. a leisurely drive. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to see here, just another day. Anyways, um, this is a really awesome story. An unnamed Good Samaritan um, went and paid for 70 homeless people um, for a hotel for a week so that they could stay in during mm-hmm. this polar snap. So, um, Yeah, because it's so cold that they are warning people not to breathe the air in while outside because it can freeze mm. uh, inside your lungs and do permanent damage. So, so yeah. Put, put something over your mouth when you're outside to breathe. Yeah. So, currently, the, the city of Chicago is under a you know, somewhat state of emergency where they're urging, you know, especially homeless people, they're like, hey, get to your shelters, get, you know, anywhere out of this weather like it's not possible to be outside you're gonna freeze to death um and so they're, they're urging all these people to you know get to you know salvation army and all this stuff all these places where they can receive food and, and shelter and whatnot um but a group of of rough sleepers you know what they call the people who sleep outside um they they decided to stay in there in their um, tented encampment, you know, um, mm-hmm. outside. Um, and the reason they did is because they had some space heaters there with um, some some propane tanks connected to them. Um, but unfortunately, one of the heaters got too close to a propane tank 
and it exploded. Mm-hmm. Um, that then, you know, prompted the police to, to come down and they ended up confiscating um, just, you know, they, they found a hundred propane tanks and they were like, oh man, this is like a basically, a, <laughs> a this is this is like a, they, a they, it, was, it was determined by the fire department that it was a level one hazmat alert for hazardous <laughs> materials because there was so many, many propane tanks. So these guys were geared up for winter. For, so for the sake of safety, you know, they confiscated the tanks. Um, because there were so many, mm. um, but as you can imagine, that leaves all these, you know, the some seven. Yeah, they're going to die without people. those. And that's why, that's why, obviously, the homeless um, people have stocked up with those tanks because mm. they need to be able to make it through the winter. Yeah, fully. Being a homeless person in Chicago, a bit different from Sydney. Hundred mm, percent. And so then, what happened was, um, you know, people heard about this. So you know, the city staffers of Chicago reached out to all the um, the shelters and was like, "Oh, hey, you know, we need to get these people into shelters. We need to get them help." Um, you know, reached out to yeah, your Salvation Army and you know, homeless support and whatnot. Um, but the Salvation Army called back. And was like, oh, hey, yeah, we're going to bring these homeless people into our shelter. But someone's stepped forward and they've been completely unnamed and they haven't taken credit. They've stepped forward and they've they've paid for this group of homeless people for a hotel for a week. So, yeah, 70 fantastic. homeless people, this guy's paid for a week for them in a hotel. And I just think, I just think that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Like, and you got to think, like, that's a lot of money. Like, mm-hmm. That's, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to say there's like, you know, three, two, two, three people in a room, there's like 45 that's hotels. A, that's a lot of that's money. 45 hotel rooms for the, for, for the space of a week. That is... That's big that's money. A serious amount of money. But it's just awesome to see someone, I, I would assume, you know, of a Christian persuasion coming, you know, mm-hmm. from the Salvation Army who, who has a heart for these people. I was, I, I was, I was reading this morning, I was reading through um, Matthew chapter 5. And, go, you know, when you're reading, it's like, um, it's like, you know, do those... Do good to those who who do bad to you, and, mm-hmm. and 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 love your neighbor as yourself, and and all these things. And it's funny, even Jesus, he's like rebuking, like you you've heard it said, um, love love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your neighbor and love your enemy. You know, um, and it's just good to see someone like people taking that to heart and putting and, it into practice, and, and and using the resources that they have to be a blessing to people. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. It's like, man, like. If we could, if we could all just get into this place, where and it's the real test of our Christianity is, is how we relate to people who are either down on their luck or suffering from mental illness, and mm. as a result, are uh, living rough. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, you sort of uh, the one thing I do wonder about is obviously these people have stocked up with propane for the winter, mm. and now those tanks have all been confiscated. You know, they would have they would have been, that would have been a, a major investment for a community of homeless people. Mm. To put together 100 propane tanks, yeah. Um, have they lost that investment? I'm, I'm just sort of wondering what happened to all that. Um, all, you know, yeah, <laughs> because that'd be pretty tragic if, uh, yeah. if you know, they'd, they'd, they'd made you know such a large investment when they have so little mm-hmm. to be able to survive the winter fully, and uh, and and now they've lost all of that because I mean, hey, we're going to get through this um, cold snap, this polar vortex, but what happens after this this cold snap is over? Yeah. So it's just just crazy, um, but yeah, it's good to see people reaching out and people people helping one another. Um, my last story here. This is this is awesome. Um, the Northern Territory. There's a, there's a Northern Territory community. Um, and they're really rallying behind behind a farmer um, who recently lost his legs in a tragic accident. He was he was um, 
run he, he owns a turf farm and he was run over by a grass slasher and, and lost both of his legs <laughs> super tragic accident the guy's a father of two um and he was actually on his way he was about to, to jump on a plane um to head somewhere and just before he was just finishing up his work for the day and yeah just super awful thing you know somehow the the grass slasher as he got out rolled forward and 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 ran over his legs Mm. um and it was yeah really hectic incident um the the doctors concluded like hey you know this person only had like a two percent chance of living and they ended up you know this guy ended up um living fought hard pulled through yeah his name's Gavin Howie um but it's amazing to see they started a, a GoFundMe you know um started like a GoFundMe for mm-hmm. this guy and it's now reached $90,000 to get this guy, you know, help for prosthetics and, and everything. So, yeah, it's just, again, good people in the community doing good things. people just reaching out and helping one another. Yeah, what good things are you going to do today?
You're listening to Lauren Daigle, How Can It Be, here on Faith FM, and we are about to have another clue for our quiz, so get ready to call 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. What is the second clue for our quiz? All right, so again, this is a what book am I quiz, and we've so we already narrowed it down to 66, and Lyle... I've got it narrowed down to 65. He's got to narrow it down to 65 because his first guess was incorrect. I've actually got it narrowed down a bit further than that, but anyway. But here we go. Our next clue is, here we are told of a day when men will be lovers of pleasure instead of lovers of God. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, here we go. Yep, and he's got it. <laughs> <laughs> he's had it actually narrowed down to two. <laughs> he had it. Man, you were close. I was like, as you were running down, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow, what's happening good. around the world? Okay, so Franklin Graham is coming to Australia. Oh, okay, sweet. So, super controversial individual, Franklin Graham, <laughs> um, just like his father. Um, some people... Uh, very supportive of Billy and Franklin Graham, and others uh, just like you know, this is this is um, yeah something we 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 do not want. Mm-hmm. Now, the interesting thing that I find out that I find when I look at these two guys, Billy Graham and Franklin Graham, is that from a Christian perspective, they have been heavily criticised in the past for being too ecumenical. Mm-hmm. So ecumenical, yep. for those of you who are a little bit maybe unfamiliar with Christianese, is, is simply that word that describes them as being too liberal. Yeah. So when Billy Graham or Franklin Graham, they do one of their evangelistic programs, you know, they don't say, look, you need to go and become a member of the Baptist church, for instance. Mm -hmm. They say you need to go and become a member of your local church, whatever that local church might be. It might be an Anglican church. It might be an Adventist church. It might be a, you know, Mormon church or anything like that. Christadelphian. Yeah, whatever it might be. They they don't make a – and so they've been heavily criticized. Uh, by some members of the Christian community for being too mm. ecumenical. It makes sense. It's like, hey, like, you know, because we preach a message that inherently well, is specific. Yeah, and it's, That's right. And, and it's a little bit like saying truth is not important. Yeah. On the other hand, this has not what they, not what they have been criticized in recent times most about. Last time, you know, when I heard Franklin Graham speak uh, in Australia was when I was a teenager down in Tasmania. And um, and yeah, that was the that was what the mo- the bulk of the criticism was all about. And I think our church was involved at the time, and people, you know, within our church are saying, yeah, we shouldn't be, you know, um, jumping in on something like this, and 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 so forth. These days, he is seen as, seen as being so controversial that he was nearly banned from Great Britain. Wow. They nearly didn't give him a travel visa to mm-hmm. enter the country of Great Britain. And I'm thinking, man, you have to do something incredibly radical. <laughs> you know, I mean, you look at the, uh, the the Islamic sheikhs and so forth, you know, some of those that travel, even here to Newcastle. A friend of mine was at a mosque recently and heard one of these guys speak and uh, was saying some really controversial stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, when you look at how freely they travel, you think you would have to come up with something, um, you know, Really, really radical for uh, you know to, to 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 get a travel ban to the UK. Well, um, so I did some research on it. There's a number of things that uh, that, that jump out after 9/11. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if we go back to 9/11, were you around in 9/11? Yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, 2001. That was like 
How old were you? I was three. Okay, so you so, remember it well. Yeah. 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 Oh, man, it was... Carved into like, your memory, yes, right? You know, where, <laughs> where was I on 9-11? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I was like three, four years old. But Okay, so, so 9-11, you know, straight after that, uh, Franklin Graham stated that, in his opinion, Islam was wicked and evil. Mm-hmm. Now, I would not condone a statement like that. I would say that some Muslim people... Some Islamic people are wicked and evil, yeah. as are some Christian people, as are mm-hmm. some Hindu people, as are some Buddhist people, uh, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but post nine eleven, I think most of us were probably saying that kind of thing. Yeah, um, that's a kind of a natural reaction to a horrific, uh, a very public event like that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, that's not letting him off the hook in any way, shape, or form. Um, so that was the that's the first thing that he's been uh, seen as being super controversial for. The second one was that he opposed same sex marriage, and the third one that he supported Donald Trump. Okay. So when I look at all of those three, there I'm thinking, okay, this is why he's being accused of hate speech. Isn't this just standard? <laughs> wow, <laughs> Christianity and. You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, supporting Donald Trump or not supporting Donald Trump is not standard Christianity. That's Don't not even, that. that's, that's, just like, that's just politics. That's just politics. It's like literally the President of the United States is like, yes, I support the President of the United States. So that's hate speech. Is That's hate speech, man. <laughs> welcome so to you 2019. Can't, so you, can't, you can't travel to the UK <laughs> because of that. And, and you're not welcome here in Australia. I mean, there are lots of Trump supporters here in Australia. Lots of yeah. them. That's, that's purely in the area of politics. And there are lots of Christians who support Donald Trump. There were lots of Christians who supported Hillary Clinton. There are lots of Christians on both sides of politics. Yeah. Um, your Christianity is not defined by which political party you serve yeah. or, or, or which political party you support, I should say. Um, it's interesting that he did state that uh, in relationship to Islam that you couldn't be a true Muslim in the United States because you weren't allowed to beat your wife or kill your children. Okay, that's pretty which rough. Is a, which is a... A definition of a true Muslim that most Muslims wouldn't take. I mean, this is, yeah. once again, post 9-11, most of us knew nothing about Islam back then. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking, we, we were we were reacting to the news reports. Yeah, of one of the most terrible events in And, in and we're suddenly history. like, okay, what is this religion that, you know, has inspired this to take place? Yeah. Uh, but, of course, during the Gulf Wars... Um, his charity was right there sending people to, you know, provide charitable aid to people of all faiths. And of mm. obviously, um, you know, nearly 100% of them would be yeah. of Muslim faith. I th- and so, you know, there's some, there's some pros and there's some cons to this one. Mm. I think when it comes to politics and, and supporting each party, like something that I really dislike and something that's going on here with Franklin Graham is you're, you're, you're demonizing someone for supporting a party, you know, mm-hmm. you're demonizing an individual like, oh, because like they like, you know, voted for this person or whatever. They're a bad person. Yeah. You know, I've, I've heard a lot of that. This, a lot of that stuff comes from the, you know, a lot of this thinking comes from the sort of conspiracy theorist group of people that everyone has this evil agenda, you know, even like the lower guys like, oh, that guy's, you know, he's got an evil agenda that goes right up to the top. And someone sees someone like Fran- Franklin Graham, someone who has influence, um, you know, very influential person, famous preacher, and they're like, oh, he supports Donald Trump, man, this must be a conspiracy that goes up to the top, and Franklin Graham's on the inside, and it's just, it's just wild, like, 
I, I, that's probably one of my biggest sort of complaints with the conspiracy theorist oh, mindset. Come on, conspiracy theories are so much fun. What's wrong? Yeah, with oh, it's like that's the thing. It's it's great, you know, to 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 look into something and say, oh man, there's something going on here that's not actually going on here. Like we all love it. We love speculation, yeah. but I to love demonize to demonize people, um, to demonize in, individuals, I, I feel like it's it's a terrible thing. And also that comes from a theological perspective as well. That not only are we perpetrators in sin, but we're victims. And to say that. Everyone is doing everything because they're, you know, because they've got some evil agenda. Then they're, they're like openly supporting Satan. It's just, it's just a wild claim. And I'm like, nah. By the way, we have an answer for the quiz. Oh, is it a correct answer? Pam from Thurguna has come through and said Second Timothy. Well, should be correct. She would be correct. And there is a prize coming your way. Pam, congratulations down there uh, listening on the Aubrey transmitter. Okay, so um, another thought on this one, and I find this interesting. In 2017, Franklin Graham became a vegan. Matt. Which is, you know, <laughs> it's, it's kind of interesting to see how society changes because, yeah. you know, the things that he said, um, you know, uh, 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 about Islam, about same-sex marriage and about Donald Trump, you know, 20, 30 years ago would have been taken with a yawn. Mm. Um, but if you go back 20, 30 years ago, I can remember when I became a vegan back in 1992 mm-hmm. and back then being a vegan defined you as being a... A hippie. No, not so much a hippie, but an extremist. If you were yeah. a vegan within Christianity and you were, you know, choosing to live a healthy lifestyle because you know that particular healthy lifestyle, you were seen as being a radical extremist within the church. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you come down to two thousand and nineteen, you're not a radical extremist within the church by becoming a you're vegan. Just you're trendy. Right. You're just trendy. <laughs> it's just like this is the thing to do. This is you know, there's twenty percent of the population in Australia uh, now. Um, you know, self-proclaimed vegetarians. So that's another piece of uh, interesting trivia about Franklin Graham, who will be travelling to this country uh, in the near future. Lord, I want to be more like you As I go throughout this life But sometimes inside of me There seems to be such strife I have a heart that's often hard And often can be rough Lord, I pray from you a new heart You promised from above
Guys, you're listening to Andy McLeod with a new heart here on Faith FM. And Lawson, I was going to ask for another clue for the quiz, but you don't need one. Pam from Thaguna has snapped it up already. Bam! Well done, Pam. Um, joining us on the show this morning is Robert Panacook. Robert Panacook was a religion teacher, uh, a religious teacher in public schools. Um, for quite a number of years, and this has become a bit of an issue here in New South Wales recently. Uh, Rob, welcome to the show. Hello? Hello, are you there, Rob? Oh, we've got bad connection. Okay, I can hear you loud and clear now. All right. Fantastic. Now, Robert, just to uh, to start off with, I wanted to ask this question. You were, Well, first of all, how many years were you teaching uh, religion in public schools? I taught uh, scripture, religious education, for three years. And uh, whereabouts? At the Wingham Public High School. Okay. Now, okay, so you're teaching for three years, Wingham Public High School, uh, right here in New South Wales. Okay, so teaching religion in a public school, how is this not a breach of the concept of the separation of church and state? Because here you've got the state funding you to teach Christianity in a state-funded school. What are your thoughts on that? Well, there are two issues there. Firstly, most scripture teaching in public high schools is actually funded by uh, Christian organisations. Generate Ministries was actually my employer uh, during that time. But the, the support of government in religious education really has to do with educating our children on history, educating them on society. Uh, As you and I mentioned earlier, the majority of the world is very religious and uh, people need to understand uh, different religions and and how they operate. As long as the government isn't using these education classes as a platform to push 
one way of thinking. The children are free to attend as they choose. And the main issue with uh, church and state being separated is that the church doesn't use government policies to try and control people's religious decisions. And that's the real issue with church and state. As long as the church is not controlling people's religious beliefs through the state, that maintains the separation that we need. So the government is simply supporting an education of people understanding the world that we live in. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And and, and I think that's um that's a, you know obviously if you were in a uh, Christian school, then or and you choose to send your children to a Christian school, that place is in a different context again, where um you know it's going to be limited to that uh, particular religion of that school. But in the public system, now I imagine that um that there would be people teaching scripture in public schools from a, a wide variety of different Christian faiths. Would that be true? That is very true, and and not only different Christian faiths, but there are other religious faiths that also have the freedom to teach uh, the students who are interested in understanding their faith. And I, as a Christian teacher, I encourage students to research any faith and to learn where its foundation is, where its premise is, look at its history, uh, to understand other faiths and to understand all faiths, is is a broadening of your own knowledge and gives you the ability to make wise choices in in, in your own religious beliefs. Mm-hmm, for sure. And, um, okay, so just moving on from there, when you're teaching Scripture in, in uh, public schools, are all of the students forced to come to your classes? The students have an option where... And things are changing. They're tightening up now. In, in the past, uh, they had an option to opt out. Uh, and I just finished teaching about a year ago. But what has happened is now it's come to the point where the students actually have to opt into the class. And a note goes home to the parents and they have to say, yes, I want my child to be in. Uh, so it, it's completely free choice. And if they want to be involved, they can. Okay. Um how much, what, what percentage of children would opt out of your religion class? In or, all the, or, or typically across the, across the board, you know, with, with, with scripture classes and so forth in public schools? Yeah, well, obviously different schools are slightly different. Uh, you, you'll get principals that are very supportive, others that are not. You'll get uh, teachers that are supportive, others, others that are not. Uh, I was in a situation where there wasn't a whole lot of support but out of 30 students, there were two or three that opted out. Oh, wow. How much do you think that is going to change with the opt-in system? It already was changing. Uh, it was more like five or six when that system changed, uh, when I was still teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was moving sort of toward the 10 students maybe may opting out. Uh, but what I noticed is that as the information was coming across on Scripture, the students would go and tell their friends what they were learning, and then we would get another note from home saying that, oh, my child wants to opt in to Scripture. Right. Uh, that's encouraging. Well, w- what it's about is it's about giving them something tangible and real because the Bible stories are seen as history, 
without a connection to today's practical real life issues. If I get a student coming in among a group of us and the student says, look at my arms, sir, look at my legs. And then this girl shows cuts all up and down her arms and her legs. She actually wants practical help for her depression and anxiety and her issues at home. And then I'll get another student on antidepressant medications and I'll get another one whose family is having terrible fights at home. And what these young people are looking for is information that's going to help them when they don't get that help in other classes. And so when they can see from the scripture how God will help them practically and be a present help in trouble, then they practice that at home. I've got a couple of illustrations of this where they actually realize, hey, this, this stuff actually works. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's a pretty powerful statement. And how often would you be confronted with something like that? On a weekly basis, every two or three days, uh, that the first week I arrived at my teaching position, uh, once a couple of students were having a big fight, blood everywhere, and I, I stepped in to stop the fight. Uh, and through the process of that, I was able to connect with some of these young people. The, the boy who was being beaten up was autistic, and it was his one of his cousins who was trying to film the whole thing. And yet the shame and regret later on when we were able to process what happened brought an opportunity to work with it. Uh, that, that same day, I had a young lady with depression and anxiety on multiple medications asking for prayer. When you give them an opportunity to practice what the Bible teaches and just to pray to God, they'll find out very quickly whether he's real or not. Mm. And so, yeah. so, they, so they would pray and then you'd get these others who are self-harming. And, and they would start reading scriptures and, and trying to understand, well, how does this practically help my life? And so after that first week, after the first two days, I, I went home in my car just weeping, realizing the extent of damage among our young people, realizing that a maths class and an English class and a science class and home ag- economics and agriculture, different classes, these are not going to actually get into their hearts and reach their heart needs and their family needs. So I told a, a, a story to my class as a, as a quick example. This boy in grade four to six uh, comes from a home that has no religion and his father beats his mother daily. And I shared this story with my students, how I explained an experience I had in New Guinea where a group of rascals surrounded me and said, you are going to die today. I just said, Jesus, help me. I repeated a Bible verse, Isaiah 26, verse 3, and then he gave me peace and confidence and saved my life. Now, when this boy heard that, he went home and his dad punched his mum, knocked her on the ground. He gets in between. His dad knocks him on the ground. He gets up ready to fight. But then he remembers, hang on, the scripture teacher said we can pray and repeat a scripture. So he did that. And he looked at his dad and he said, Dad, I love you. And his dad turned white as a ghost and ran out of the house. Hours later, he comes back with tears streaming down his face. And for the next six months, this family is a changed family. And dad does not hurt his family anymore. So then I have kids saying, hang on, we've had scripture class in the past, but you're telling us the Bible is real. You're telling us it changes our life now. Can you please give me a Bible, sir? And so students start asking for Bibles because they realize that book answers a need that no other class in school is answering. 
Mm. Now, when you talk about, you know, they've had scripted classes in the past, does that indicate, I mean, clearly you are operating there not just as a scripted teacher but as a school chaplain um, in, in many respects. Do other scripted teachers not uh, fulfill it as much of a chaplaincy role? Well, look, there's a situation where there are many roles to be filled and they struggle to find teachers. I know of one local situation here where there is a religious teacher designated and paid by the Generate Ministries uh, scripture system, and yet this lady doesn't teach any religion at all, ever. And so there is a wide scope. She actually openly says she doesn't believe in, in religion. Mm. So that there's a wide scope of people that are made available to the students. But my point is, yeah, if, if you provide real scripture and real experience of what that scripture does in your life, the students immediately take an interest. Incredibly powerful stories, Robert. Mm. Robert just unbelievably mm. powerful uh, testimonies that you're sharing. And uh, to be honest, when I... You know, when I thought about, you know, I'm going to get, I'm going to get Rob on air to talk about, you know, teaching scripture in public schools. I never expected these kinds of uh, stories that you're sharing, and praise God for the ministry that you were able to do there. Um, within these scripture classes, what, what, what is it that you teach? I mean, one of the one of the criticisms is that there's there's no government control over the curriculum. So, what do you actually teach in a scripture class in a public school? How do you meet the needs of these these students? Well, see, that the thing is when they say there's no government control, uh, people need to be able to have information and make a good decision. And the, the basic foundation of the Bible is to get to know who God is as a person, who Jesus Christ is. And so I introduce these young people to the real God of the Bible, uh, the, the practical God, who understands their emotional needs. So we go through the Bible and we look at stories of people. We look at modern day experiences that show a practical God answering practical needs. But then we also look at the evidences that God is real because there are so many evidences available. We look at Mm. design in nature, scientific evidence of things that have been, that have millions of bits of code of DNA in order for a simple cell structure to be able to be made. And all of this information points to design. And then we have the evidences of archaeology and history. We look at the evidences of prophecy being fulfilled and how Jesus has shown in so many ways that the world is coming to a great climactic event. When I shared some of these things with our students, the... Uh, the, the, some of the teachers were very upset. The science teachers actually. Yeah, that's what I was going to. Uh, I was going to ask: Did you upset anyone with uh, with teaching the reality of scripture? Well, look, the, the science teachers got a meeting with the vice principal, and they said, "We need to get rid of this teacher." And and she said, "Why?" Said, well, because our students are coming to science class with questions that we can't answer. And so the vice principal said, "Well, hang on, that sounds like your problem, not his, because." If you have the better information, you should be able to stand by it and you should be able to give the evidence. You know, we want our Australian young people to be thinkers, not just to reflect what other, what other people say, but to actually research for yourself and find it out. So th- what happened is 
th this lady actually, this vice principal, sent the science teachers back and she said, look, we're not touching this man. If you can't give me a good enough reason, some evidence, that what he's saying is false, you go and prove it. And, and she left them with that. And the, the same thing happened with evidences of prophecy and history. Uh, there was just one other situation where, again, she backed me up. And she said, look, unless you can actually show that this information is not happening, then I'm not going to do anything about this. And she actually told me, no, that the young people need to be able to look at the evidence. They can decide for themselves. There's no pressure. They're not being told they have to follow this. They're just being given information. Now, there's one situation in scripture teaching that is very useful for young people to be able to receive help when they need it. And that's a lunchtime group. So those, because I only, you only teach grade seven and eight in certain schools, and that's what happened where I was. But a grade 11 girl came, self-harming and in, in a terribly destitute state. She began reading a book I gave to her called The Desire of Ages, just a beautiful book on the life of Christ, mm. number one book in the Library of Congress in America. And as she read through that book, she started to smile more and she started to get into her Bible more because it just led her back to the life of Jesus. And that's what it's all about, getting to know Jesus as a friend. It didn't take long and she joined a youth Christian group. And when she left school with a beaming joy, she said, I'm going to become a youth leader in, in a Christian church. Wow. And she had found peace and freedom from her self-harming. That's that's fantastic testimony, Robert. That's just amazing. Now, your vice principal that's standing up for you was uh, was this lady a Christian herself? This lady was a Catholic Christian and just a, a genuine, uh, but she was very balanced. You yeah. know, I didn't see her leaning on one side or the other. I just saw her wanting genuine information. Yeah. Uh, if if something is has evidence behind it, then let the evidence be presented. If it holds up, good. If it doesn't, throw it out. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Robert, thank you so much for coming on this morning and sharing with us your experiences of teaching uh, Scripture in the public school system. And uh, this is something that we need to continue to pray about because it is a strong possibility that it will not continue for too much longer. Robert, thank you for your time. Thank you, Lyle. That was Rob Panacook there with um, experiences from teaching scripture in public schools. This is C.C. Winham's Never Have to Be Alone.
listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hi, I'm Pastor Brendan from Harvey Seventh Day Adventist Church, and I'd like to personally invite you to worship God with us each Sabbath. We start off with Bible study groups at 9.30am, then hold our community worship service at 11am. We also organize groups that meet during the week to connect, eat, and study the Bible together. So if you're looking to be part of an encouraging Christian community, come and join us. For more information, you can call me on 0422-896-553. That's 0422-896-553. Hi, I'm Delaine. Hi, I'm Sunny. Hi, I'm Dragon. Hi, I'm Nigel. And we'd like to invite you to our church, the The Southern Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. We meet every Saturday morning at 10.30 a.m. to study the Bible, followed by our main service at 11.30 a.m. You can find us at 107 to 109 Princess Highway, Dapto. We are in the High Ninja Hall inside the Dapto Ribbonwood Center. For more information, you can get in touch with us on Facebook. Just search for Southern Illawarra Seventh-day Adventist Church. Or contact us on 0402-716-762. We hope to see you soon and stay tuned to Face Thanks FM. Again. If what God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I wouldn't write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it the care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>